0: Have you ever gone to a practitioner's office and because of a warm smile, a friendly greeting, maybe even a personal phone call after your visit, you felt as if you were the only patient in that practice? That's the way I felt after going to Dr. Deborah Block. Dr. Block realized after getting her bachelor's degree in psychology that she not only wanted to touch people emotionally but also integrate a physical part and she found that integration in chiropractic medicine in 2001 she received her doctorate of chiropractic medicine degree And for the past 10 years, she's been able to educate herself in the latest chiropractic medicine techniques, and she has also been able to expand her practice to envelop a wellness concept. She wants you to realize you don't have to be in pain or sick to have whole person care. So let's get started. Let's sit down. Let's have some conversations. Let's connect these dots. Let's get some straight talk. Hello, good afternoon, and it's Dr. Mack here. I am privileged to be in the office of Dr. Deborah Block at Block Chiropractic here in Burtonsville, Maryland. Thank you, Deb, for letting us come into your office, into your practice this afternoon. Um, Thank you. No problem. I want us to start by going back in time a little bit. Okay. You, you have a chiropractic um, practice. Yes. And I don't know if you remember how we first met, but I'm gonna see if I can jar your memory. Okay. I was in um, clinical practice Mm -hmm. at my practice, not far from here. Had recently come back from experiencing probably the biggest blow in my life that life had dealt me at that time. Mm -hmm. I had recently lost my father Mm -hmm. and I have the privilege of coming from a two parent home mm-hmm. where both, you know, we have encouragement, we had structure.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and I tell people all the time my mom is our coach. She's now my consultant, mm-hmm. I say. And dad was our biggest cheerleader. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd say, Yeah, you can do anything you want to do. Mommy would say, Okay, well, how are you going to get there? What's the game plan? Mm-hmm. I come back and started experiencing physical symptoms of now what I know is grief. Mm -hmm. I started having neurological symptoms. Mm -hmm. So I saw a neurologist. I had a full MRI from my brain to my sacrum. Mm -hmm. I had an EMG study, which is a nerve conduction Mm -hmm. study, to see if there were any nerve abnormalities. No. I needed to go see a counselor and cry a little bit and Mm -hmm. get some tools in my bag and and start working. But I did have some physical symptoms that still needed to be addressed. Mm -hmm. I was having some pain in my upper neck, my lower back, um, my hip area, and one of my colleagues stopped me one day, I believe it was Sandy, Dr. Abraham Hebert, she said, do you remember the chiropractor that came here, mm-hmm. Deb?" And I said, I'm not sure, remind She said, well, she's not far from here. Mm-hmm. Why don't you go see her? Mm-hmm. And that's how our
1: relationship, started. friendship started. You know, it's funny, because I don't necessarily remember the emotional side of what you were experiencing. It's vague, and mm-hmm. I not that it didn't matter to me that you shared that, mm-hmm. um, but it was years ago. But it's interesting that you mentioned that now because what I remember is the physical discomfort you were experiencing. But what I share with patients all the time is that we minimize how the emotional stresses of our life can affect us physically. And it happens both on a chemical level as well as a musculoskeletal level. When someone is depressed, when someone is angry, when somebody is filled with an emotion that they can't let go of, you physically start to manifest that emotion into your body language. So if you're depressed, mm. your shoulders hunch forward, your chest collapses inward, you hang your head down lower. If you are angry, you are rigid, you're carrying your body around in a rigid way that's filled with um, tension. You're not Uh loose. You're not light. Your body tension is significantly present. So what I share with patients all the time is how much the emotional state can impact the physical state and how important it is to address the emotional component of what you're experiencing in order to really get past what's happening with you physically. That is
0: such a great integration. Mm-hmm.
1: And I hope that our listeners
0: are really getting this. I want to start connecting these health dots. That's what yes. we're here for. How did you get interested in chiropractic medicine?
1: It's funny. Um, the, it started in college. I really knew nothing about chiropractic care, to be mm-hmm. honest, I knew very little. I wanted to be a therapist. Um, I had gone to school, um, with a gotten, you know, got a degree in psychology when I was in my second year of college, I was on my way to figuring out, do I want to be an LCSW or do I want to, do I want to be a psychologist, a psychiatrist, a social worker? Mm -hmm. What's my interest? Mm -hmm. I knew I loved working with people and I knew that I had significant talent working with people. Um, And I bumped into somebody who was sharing with me that they were on their way to chiropractic school. And I thought, hmm, interesting. Let me look into this. I had a list of criteria in my head for what I wanted for my future. I knew that I wanted to be a woman who could be um, working with people, Mm -hmm. that I could have flexibility with my schedule, that I could be someday, hopefully, a business owner, Mm -hmm. um, that I could be a woman who could have children Mm -hmm. and still be a professional and not be... um, Struggling to juggle the two. Um, So I knew what boxes I needed to check, but I wasn't exactly sure how to get there. Hmm. And when I started exploring chiropractic, I realized I could check all those boxes. I could be someone who worked with patients. I could be someone who had my own business someday, which I now do. Um, I could be a mother. I could be in healthcare and not necessarily be getting phone calls all night long to come (laughs) deliver babies, which I know you're you're familiar (laughs) with. Um, But the biggest piece, to be honest, that convinced me was one huge one. Um, And this is probably an important thing to discuss. And that was that by going into chiropractic care, I knew that ultimately I was going to be focusing more on wellness than sickness. Yes. And I knew that for me, dealing with sickness for the rest of my life was going to be something I would struggle with. And so to focus on wellness instead of illness, to me, was a game changer. And if I could walk into a world where that was my conversation all day long, Uh then I knew that I would feel a constant sense of invigoration and passion and excitement for work instead of a dragging sense of here we go again
0: and you personify that thank every you. single time i see you thank you every single time uh, you know in in the community sometimes when you bring up chiropractic medicine mm-hmm. there is a pushback mm-hmm. why do you think there's that pushback
1: lack of understanding and lack of education, which is both um, the fault of my profession Mm. as well as the fault of the medical community because there is a lack of clarity um, that is being communicated both to healthcare professionals as well as to the public. Um, much less nowadays in 2014 mm-hmm. than when I graduated from chiropractic school, which was in 2001. So 13 years later, I would tell you that I run into it much, much less frequently than I did, um, which is nice because okay. it is something that I would like to think I've had some part in changing the way that people perceive chiropractic care. Um The medical community nowadays is much more educated than they used to be. Mm -hmm. If you see a doctor who is in his 60s or 70s or in her 60s or 70s, I would say that they're probably less educated about chiropractic care than a doctor who's in his or her 30s um, or even 40s. So in other words, I think that the medical model is starting to educate in medical school and in residency and in fellowship more so than they did 20 years ago. How can we help the community? So you've
0: talked about the healthcare provider side, that they are becoming more educated. Yes. What about the everyday patient that was walking around? Well, I think you How and I we...
1: are doing that right now, okay. um, and I'm thankful for that. Um, the everyday patient that's walking around nowadays, um, having a good chiropractic experience, which I would like to think almost all patients have in my office Mm -hmm. and then having those people educate their friends and educate their coworkers and educate people about their experience, which is what you're essentially doing right now saying, Hey, I had a good experience. Let me share with you why and how this worked. Um, that's the single best way to do it. We do try to get out into the community and educate from a larger standpoint Mm -hmm. so that people hear me, Talking and, and explaining what we do and why we do it and when we when we when it's an appropriate time to seek chiropractic care okay. and at what point do you no longer need chiropractic care that helps to um, clear up a lot of myths about chiropractic care.
0: Speaking of myths, mm-hmm. I'm glad you transitioned there. You know, when you start talking to some people that are not fully educated, they're like, "I don't want anybody cracking my neck sure. and my back." Can we now go a little bit into Deeper. some of the science? Sure, of course. Um, can you tell me a little bit about the history, maybe sure. how chiropractic studies got sure. started, and then really delve into um, how we're connected yes. that whole um, neurovascular bundle yes. that we talk about? Sure. So I'm going to let you go. Sure.
1: So chiropractic care was discovered, I guess you could say. Um, not that long ago and if i remember correctly it was about 100 years ago plus mm. it was discovered by it was actually really interesting how it was discovered it was discovered with a janitor who was working in the building where um, where the person who discovered chiropractic was working mm. he was in his office you know thinking there's the spine there's 24 vertebrae there has to be a connection for how the spine can influence the body And the janitor was deaf. And the janitor walked in, was cleaning up the room where this guy, um, uh, Palmer, was working. And he said to him, you're deaf. And, you know, through some type of sign language, Mm -hmm. the guy said yes. And he said, do me a favor, lay down for me. And he laid down. He knew there was a connection between how we hear and how we process sound and the first cervical vertebra in the neck. Whoa. The nerves that feed the ear and the ability for us to transmit sound exit outside of the first cervical vertebra in the neck. So he laid him down in a very, in a very aggressive way, then attempted to adjust or move his first cervical vertebra and said, let's see what happens here. And after he did so, this janitor, whose name was uh, Harvey Lillard, regained hearing. Mercy. Yes. And he said, holy cow, I'm onto something big here. Yes. And that was literally how chiropractic really got started, even though he was already investigating the spine and the connection between the spine and the nervous system. So to now go forward, um, the big picture of chiropractic is much bigger than what a lot of people realize. What most people know is that there's a musculoskeletal component to what we do. Mm -hmm. We alleviate pain. We help to reduce... Um, back pain, neck pain, headaches, um, radicular symptoms, which is radiating pain going down the legs. Um, But the bigger picture of why and why what we do works has to do with the spine and the way the spine connects to the nervous system. Yes. When we are conceived in the womb, the very first thing that forms is the brain. Mm -hmm. The second thing that forms is the spinal cord the third thing that forms is the skull, and the fourth thing that forms is the spinal column. So in other words, the two most important systems of the body form first, and then the protection or the encasement of those two systems form third and fourth. So that's literally what happens in the womb as soon as conception takes place. Once we are born, we then put into action the spinal cord the nervous system the brain and the spinal column as soon as we start crawling the spinal column starts to be very important for how the spinal cord and the nervous system are working Mm -hmm. so in other words we have 24 vertebra that surround the spinal cord and therefore allow the nervous system to have movement and ability for it to to function normally when one of those vertebrae misalign or gets stuck in the mm-hmm. wrong position it can get stuck in a flexed position an extended position a laterally flexed position or a rotated position that nerve is then affected either minimally moderately or significantly okay. depending on how that vertebra is sitting very often with babies with you know children those vertebrae will go back into their proper position just with time and with okay. movement okay. but as, as an adult and or with a more significant trauma or um, issue, those vertebrae can get stuck. And when they get stuck, we call that a misalignment, or we also call it a subluxation. Okay. And that's what we correct as chiropractors. Mm. We look for these misalignments, we look for these subluxations to then correct the vertebra and put it back into the proper state of alignment with the rest of the spine. When you leave it alone and you don't correct the misalignment, it becomes more chronic in nature. And we start to see slowly some abnormalities starting to occur within the body. Like, Um, we start to see patients who have a nervous system that's not functioning as it should. So we often see significant allergies, asthma, um, headaches. Um, You know, sometimes I'll see toddlers that are just starting to walk that aren't walking symmetrically. They're walking completely, you know, leaning to the right, or their right leg is showing much more motion than the left leg. And you're, you're, you're starting to talk about some medical uh,
0: medical conditions that we would seek, quote-unquote, medical, medical care, care for. for. Yes. And most people would not think to incorporate another element yes. of, of health care, such sure. as chiropractic services. Sure. That is... That's mind opening, right? Asthma, you said. Um, Asthma, allergies, allergies. I've headaches. even heard of hypertension.
1: Yes, and um, being a- are, um constipation. Yes gastrointestinal issues so let me make it very clear we do not claim to cure any of these issues whatsoever Mm -hmm. um and it's funny because i have a lot of patients who will walk in and not share those issues with me because they don't think it's relevant Mm. and weeks into care they'll say to me isn't it possible that what you're doing could have something to do with my asthma or my allergies or my headaches because i usually have issues daily and I've noticed since I started working with you that I'm not having those issues anymore. And I love those questions. I love those people because that's the moment for them where I go, let me tell you a little something about the body and how we work. Yes. Um, we're not curing those issues. We're not coming to them and saying, oh, I feel your asthma and I'm going to correct it. <laughs> right. But what we are doing is we're clearing the interference for the nervous system. So with an asthmatic patient, you have nerves that feed the lungs those nerves originate in the thoracic area of the spine. Yes. So for somebody who has chronic upper back or mid back problems, I'm going to go and work on the upper back and the mid back. And by doing so, I'm literally clearing the space where the nerve is potentially affected as that nerve goes to the lung tissue. So I'm allowing the lungs to now have a more clear communication from the nerves that are feeding them. And the brain can communicate with those nerves, thereby allowing lungs to inflate and deflate more normally, and thereby eliminating the likelihood of that asthmatic reaction that the patient was experiencing so frequently. So I'm not curing the asthma, but I'm allowing the body to work more efficiently, and I'm allowing the body to be uh, healthier as a whole. Coming back to the whole conversation of wellness. Yes. And communicating to my patients that, You don't have to see a chiropractor for pain. You can actually come to a chiropractor for wellness and you can walk into the office and say, I just want you to check my spine because I want to make sure that my spine is where it should be. With what we do nowadays, you know, the invention of the computer, especially the laptop Hmm. will keep me busy for the rest of my career. Yes. Sitting in front of a computer five days a week for eight to 10 hours a day is not something we're meant to do. We are just not. And it will affect the neck, it will affect the upper back, it will affect the arms and the wrists and the hands. So a lot of people think, I need to have a car accident. I need to have a huge slip and fall down the stairs to, to validate my need for chiropractic care. But those things are called macro traumas. And yes, they significantly affect the spine. But there are many micro traumas that we live on a day-to-day basis that we repeat. That we don't even realize we're repeating that will affect the spine sometimes just as much if not more than that one macro trauma that we had 10 years ago when that car rear-ended us
0: you you bring up the point of the computer Mm -hmm. so now with the invention of the computer Mm -hmm. with our phones our smartphones Mm -hmm. our pads
1: and our our babies using them as well that's where i'm Mm -hmm. going
0: Now our children Mm -hmm. are starting to have access to these technologies. What are you seeing in the children now?
1: I am definitely seeing more forward head flexion, more rounding of the upper back as a result of long-term use of the iPad and the iTouch and the handheld devices that are pulling their heads and eyes forward. And I have twin eight-year-olds, and I'm Mm -hmm. facing the same issue at home. Mm -hmm. And if you're ever in my house and you're watching me parent, you'll see me take my son's head and pull it back. Push it back as I see him leaning forward. But it's important as a parent to limit and to put limits on these um, technology oriented devices because it's not good for them from a postural standpoint, let alone from a cognitive standpoint. Yes. Um, so, you know, I try to encourage my children to, to watch things that are mentally stimulating and then I try to really minimize the amount of time that they're sitting there with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they are sitting with it, I try to educate them about ergonomics, hold it up, you know, keep your head up, put something behind your back. Don't just sit on the floor hunched forward, Watching mm-hmm. the iPad. Okay. Um, so there are definitely ergonomic changes that you can make as an adult to your workstation and ergonomic changes that you can make for your child who's, you know, watching these, um, watching these things and being involved. Like, for instance, if you have a choice between your kid staring at an iPad that's laying on the ground mm-hmm. versus playing Wii which is active and physical and they're standing up and they're looking up hopefully or looking at the TV which is level with their eyes and they are moving with it instead of sitting still and flex forward and being stuck in one position that to me is preferable okay i would rather you know instruct or educate my my parent mm-hmm. Buy this for your kid if they're if they're really wanting something rather than something that's going to keep them stationary and sedentary and therefore flexed forward for hours at a time.
0: Thank you for that tip. Are you seeing children in your practice? I am. Do you actually do any um, adjustments, amount, adjustments on children?
1: We do. We see. Um, we have a large population of pregnant women. Um, which I think you have a little something to do with. Um, So we have a large population of pregnant women, and when our pregnant patients get the bigger picture, which is what I'm explaining now, they want their babies checked. Mm. Um, I have a lot of infants that I see sometimes hours after birth, days after birth. Um, We have infants who've had traumatic deliveries um, who need to be seen. And obviously the way we work on infants and kids is quite different than the way we work on adults. It's much gentler and it's much less aggressive. Um, But I have babies who are C-section babies who are pulled right out of the womb and who have all kinds of issues from torticollis, which is a a lateral flexion of the head, um, all the way to difficulty with breastfeeding and colic. And we look at all of these babies, and we check their spines. Usually we check the upper cervical spine, but we will also check, we check the whole spine, but the upper cervical and the sacral pelvic area are the two areas that are the most important.
0: It's interesting, you mentioned torticollis. My son uh, was a vaginal delivery, but he was a preemie. Mm -hmm. And I remember going to my pediatrician at one point, and she's checking him, and she said, "Does he always do that?" And I said, "Oh, uh-huh. that cute little cock to the side, uh-huh. yeah."
1: Uh-huh. She's like,
0: "No, right. he needs more tummy time because right. the muscles in his neck right. were not evenly um, strong on mm-hmm. both sides. So we had to do the rollover, start mm-hmm. pushing, and you know, letting him push up more, mm-hmm. and, and developing and strengthening." Uh, pregnancy you mentioned mm-hmm. another time in my life where Mm -hmm. you were able to help me. Mm -hmm. So our second pregnancy with our daughter, she loved to nestle down Mm -hmm. on my right side. (laughs) Her brother did the same thing too, Mm -hmm. but by this time, I'm really feeling this. Mm -hmm. I would waddle in here Mm -hmm. just in pain. Mm -hmm. You would work your magic is what Mm I call it and i could walk out of here right i'm and i could feel her straighten up mm-hmm. i could really feel her move mm-hmm. center and she would straighten up her little body mm-hmm. parts and then she would she rotate it and she dropped down into my pelvis mm-hmm. the right way
1: right. We've had phenomenal success with pregnancy. And honestly, it's one of my favorite populations of patients to treat because there's so little that a pregnant woman can do to get relief. Yes. And here you are giving your body for the biggest sacrifice <laughs> in the entire world. Um, you know, there's nothing bigger than allowing a person to grow inside of you. Oh. So to be able to come somewhere when you're in pain, when you're not comfortable, when you're not happy, when you're feeling discomfort and mm-hmm. to have the ability in 15 20 30 minutes to walk out feeling completely differently I feel like it's not only a huge gift in my giving to the pregnant woman but it's a huge reward that I experience seeing how thankful they are to get that relief but bigger than that from a that's from a musculoskeletal standpoint mm-hmm. from the bigger picture we really um, as chiropractors have an unbelievable gift to be able to allow the the pregnant woman to prepare for a vaginal delivery in the best way possible. In 2014, or I would say maybe even a few years ago, the increase of C-sections was so significant, and I know you know a little something yes. about this, um, that women were really losing that connection with a natural birth. Yes. And not only is it important for the woman to experience a natural birth from a physical standpoint, Um, and from a mental and emotional and spiritual standpoint. But it's also really important for the baby. Baby. That baby goes through so many important changes as they're exiting the vaginal canal that with a C-section, taking a child right out of the womb and not giving the baby that opportunity to come through the vaginal canal and birth in that vaginal delivery, um, I do think has some negative effects on the infant. Obviously, if a C-section is necessary, thank God it exists. And, you know, the most important thing is having the baby and having a healthy child. But if you're able to have a vaginal delivery and or if we're able to get you to the point where you can have a healthy vaginal delivery, then that is very much preferred. Yes. So we do something here called Webster's technique, which is the um, very non-aggressive, very um, non-invasive way of facilitating the um, movement of the baby if the baby's in a breech position. so okay. if the baby is not head down mm-hmm. in the mother's um, uh, pelvis, but with a very light pelvic adjustment and then some associated trigger points in the lower abdomen, we can actually help give the baby the opportunity to move and rotate within the womb. Um, we are not physically pulling or pushing on the baby mm-hmm, at all, mm-hmm. but we are facilitating movement of the baby if the baby has the room to do so
0: that that is excellent and i 've had a couple of patients that i 've referred to you where i 've seen it yes, I have seen that work yes, and that is I believe one of the biggest gifts you could give yes. me as a practitioner yes. <laughs> and the mom right that now, like you said, you have helped facilitate the ability, the option right. of having this as, right. a, as, a, as an option. But um, let me see. I had I had some interesting questions for you.
1: Sure. I'll tell you while you're looking, yes. just to add to that point about the breech um, child, to kind of go back to where we talked about taking care of children and infants. Um, a lot of C-section babies come out having neck issues. Um, and I believe a big reason is that they don't have the opportunity to straighten themselves out as they're traversing the birth canal and going through the birth canal so to pluck a baby out of the womb and not give it the ability to to move on its own mm-hmm. you're actually you know giving you're not giving the baby the full opportunity to straighten out the spine and to do what it needs and a lot of women will notice it once they're breastfeeding the baby can't turn equally or as comfortably to the left as it can to the right so you'll notice that the baby favors one breast more than the other Obviously, there's always the possibility that one breast is giving off more milk than the other, Mm -hmm. but believe it or not, it's usually a positive feedback cycle, meaning that the baby doesn't feed as comfortably on, let's say, the left breast, so the baby's feeding more on the right, so the right starts to produce more, and now the left isn't able to give the baby more or as much as the right. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's a cycle where the baby and the breasts are communicating with each other, and very often we can break that cycle by... Adjusting or addressing the neck issues on the infant or on the baby, thereby allowing the baby to have total comfort breastfeeding left or right, which it should.
0: Yes, my goodness, this is such a. I'm having such a wonderful time Good. here. I, I am hope I'm really not having a going wonderful into too time. much detail. No, ha, can you think of any specific cases that just stand out where a patient really either came back to you and said, "Oh my goodness." thank you so much for helping me it may not have you know they may not have come a hundred percent out of what they were experiencing medically Mm -hmm. but they really know that you had a part to play in them getting to a a more optimal state
1: not to be arrogant but honestly I have so many of those that it's hard to even think of one Um, and I have you know as you're asking me that question I've got you know I feel like my brain's being hit with, you know, this person, that person, this person, that experience. Um, I guess we're probably, yeah, no, it is wonderful. I don't know that there are, um, that many professions that are as rewarding as mine. Mm. Um, because I get people to the point where they often walk into my office thinking I have to go get surgery. I can't walk. I can't move. I can't play with my children. I can't get down on the floor. Um, I used to be able to, you know, run and exercise normally and do all of these things. And now I'm just old and I can't do these things anymore. And what I, what I love to, to do with that person is to not say to them, not to verbalize, you're not old and we'll get you back there, but to show them. And I would tell you that, yes, I have hundreds of cases that I can remember, if not thousands, where they've walked in like that. And then later on they've run marathons. Yes. So, you know, I, my goal with my patients is to educate, to communicate, to help them not only get better underneath my hands, but to Mm. also really teach them what they need to do on a daily basis outside of my office. And there is a huge responsibility outside of the chiropractor's office for what you need to be doing and what you need to be aware of, how you sleep, Mm. how you sit, how you drive, how you sit on the couch when you're watching TV, how you wow. handle yourself when you're picking up your you know, 30-pound child and carrying them around for two or three hours a day yeah. versus how you're carrying your briefcase or your backpack or how you're carrying in the groceries or lifting the TV when you go to move it. All of these mm. things are very important, and I think we as a society are moving so quickly that we're not stopping to think about our bodies and the impact that our daily activities have on our body, on our spine, and what we then need to do to not only become aware of it, but to change it and to manage our, the daily stress of our life while keeping our body in mind.
0: Deb, I have had a wonderful time today. Good,
1: thank you, me too. And
0: um, we're going. I'm gonna pause our conversation okay. here, but, I see that you have expanded. Yes. And you have some other services we that do. are available. We Can do. you tell us a little bit sure. about those?
1: Sure. So, we moved into an office six months ago that really gave us the ability to add more services. And to be honest, I always dreamt of having my own chiropractic office, but bigger than that, I dreamt of having a wellness center. And I think I'm probably there and on my way to making it even bigger. So I want patients to walk into my office and feel like they don't have to just get chiropractic care, even though I think everybody needs it and should seek it. But in addition to chiropractic care, we are offering massage. Mm -hmm. We are also offering acupuncture. Mm -hmm. And in the near future, we're going to be offering personal training. So that to me embodies the entire wellness concept of Oh, and there's one more thing we're going to be adding, and that's nutrition, um, right. which I didn't mention. So that, to me, between nutrition, exercise, massage, acupuncture, and chiropractic, I think that is really the wellness model that should exist more so you know, all over right. our country, giving patients the opportunity to seek out what they feel speaks to them
0: mm-hmm. about
1: being healthy, being proactive, and not just reactive, and taking responsibility for their bodies and their health from a emotional, spiritual, and physical standpoint.
0: Thank you so much, Deb, for Thank letting you. us come into your office space today. Thank you. And um, as I say, guys, this is conversations that we're sitting down, we're connecting those health dots so that you can get a picture and ha- and be a part of an intricate part with your health care provider in helping to get you whole person care. Yes. So we'll see you guys next time. Thank you.